everybody, it's Chris from CRT Sports Cards, and thank you for checking out the audio version of our video series. If you want the full experience, please go to YouTube at YouTube slash CRT Sports Cards. Now, let's get to the podcast. But it does feel right now that Dwight Gooden Jr. has run off with the money, maybe up to $25,000, and that is a terrible thing to have happened this late into the set. But I really think if you hold on to these cards, it's going to benefit you in the long term. So Dwight Gooden Jr. basically confirms our suspicions by posting multiple times in the Project 2020 Facebook group. And he didn't say, I'm not fulfilling it, but he said everything but that. And another week goes by. We are now firmly into January 2021. And the market for Project 2020 cards continues to strengthen. And welcome to episode number 144 of the Project 2020 show. My name is Chris, otherwise I'm on Twitter. And Instagram is at CRT underscore sports cards. And my website is where you want to go for everything related to Project 2020, especially pricing on first and second player cards, along with the rainbow foil board parallels. And that is simply CRTSportsCards.com. And so just when we thought 2021 could not be as crazy as 2020 was, last week in this country was just an amazing sort of adventure and it's still ongoing so hopefully everyone out there is staying safe and we make it through the next year i guess next few weeks we will see how it goes but maybe project 2020 will be again another nice distraction to current events out there in the world but as the week also transpired you might have been asking why hasn't chris started his 20 video series where he breaks down every single artist's 20 cards in the set. It's about time, it's the middle of January, let's get this series going. But as the week went by, I went back and forth on do I really do a video for every artist? Number one, I know that not everybody is a fan of everybody or every artist in the set. So that was my trepidation of doing this. Do I make content for a select group or do I make content for the entire group of Project 2020 fans and of course watchers and subscribers of this channel. And then number two, if I embark on this journey, if I do one video, that's gonna lock me into the other 19. So I have zero flexibility over the next couple of months of what content to put out. And this week when Topps announced, Blake Jamison is releasing his own, I think 52 or 53 card set. When that stuff like that happens, if I embark on this 20 video journey, I'm just not gonna be able to talk about that. And, and the idea here in 2021 is going to be able to talk about current events, also talk about Project 2020 and see how it ages throughout the year. And so what I'm gonna do today and then going forward is I'm gonna be talking about in these next four videos, my two favorite cards of every artist, but I'm gonna do five per episode. So I can keep this sort of bite size and then talk about the cards that I like the most of every artist. And it's gonna kinda give me a top 40 cards in the set. So on today's video, we're gonna recap Blake Jameson's my favorite two cards of his. We're gonna talk about Ronchester, we're gonna talk about Fuji, King Saladin, and Mr. Cartoon. But before we dive into those 10 cards, I do wanna talk about the market overall. And I really hope you check the website out on Wednesday night or Thursday morning with the new updated pricing. But one thing holds true right now. The prices on first, second player cards continues to strengthen. So if you're continuing to hold out, I would pick up those cards now. Because as I said last week, inventory is dwindling and prices are going up. But let's take a quick look at those pricing charts that are updated through 1.4. So here we are on the first player pricing, and this is, by the way, a condensed form versus what is on the website. But the 
first thing that sends out to you is very simple. 17 of the 20 cards, their sale price averaged from 12.29 to 1.4 was greater than their recent four week average. Some of the absolute winners over the past week, Mike Trout Ermsey averaging $600 up 27%, Griffey by King Saladin 278 also up 27%, and then rounding out the top 3 here, Don Mattingly by Keith Shore 248 up 24%. Now taking a look at second player cards, now look a little more red than on first player but still here, a majority of the cards are up in the green versus their four-week average. The big winner last week, of course, was Bob Gibson's Sophia Chang, up 30% to 152. Second place here, Dwight Gooden by Joshua Vides, up 22%. And then Tony Gwynn by Grotesque, near and dear to me, up 20% to 145. And also on the website is gonna be the Forgotten Seven and the Rainbow Foil Board Parallels. So check that out and I will say the Rainbow Foil Boards that are releasing right now or at least showing up in our mail are some of the lowest printed foils out there and the pricing out of the gate has been very, very strong. We will see if the trend holds, but for now I still really think these cards that are under 250 print run are easily worth north of 500. Time will tell if I'm wrong or time will tell if I'm right. We will find out here in the near future. But now let's break down the five artists and let's figure out my two favorite cards. Starting out first is going to be Mr. Cartoon. And by the way, these are in no particular order. I'm just picking five random artists in each video. But we're gonna talk also about their print run totals and their average per release. But here's one interesting thing about Project 2020. On the website, and of course, if you just add up all the print runs, we sold just under 2.5 million base cards. So I would say from a tops perspective, this set is just a massive, massive success. Now, on the average print run, when it comes to every single card in the set, it was 6,167, which means just 98 cards were above the average. So when you think about Project 2020, this is a very top heavy set based on the bubble. So when you relate this back to my video last week where I spoke about the five phases of Project 2020, this is where the five phases really play into effect of where an average print run came in on an artist because if an artist released more cards in the bubble, their numbers are artificially inflated. Now speaking on Mr. Cartoon specifically here, and I'm not gonna lie here, I've not memorized all of these numbers, so I'm gonna have to look down to remember the numbers. But on Mr. Cartoon, from a total print run perspective, every single base card sold, he sold 121,605 Project 2020 cards. Now of course, that doesn't count any foils, one of ones, or the artist proofs. That's just strictly the base card sold. He is the eighth best selling artist in the set and his average print run was 6,080. So actually just under the average when it comes to the average print run of the cards in the set being 6,167. But now that we've seen all of Cartoon's 20 cards in the set, what are my two favorite cards? And I will say I've tried to not be biased in this selection. There are a couple biased selections on this overall list, but for the most part, I've tried to stay as neutral as possible. I'm not always gonna pick Ichiro. I'm not always gonna pick a Ted Williams card or a Jackie Robinson. I don't think some of the artists released some of those cards the best they could have, but when it comes to cartoon, 
what are my two favorite cards? And look, these are in no particular order, and there's obviously gonna be no guarantee that any of these cards make my top 10 at the end of this little mini series. But on Cartoon, one of my two favorite cards in his set is going to be his Ichiro. I think there's no other way to put it. When I first saw this card, I literally out loud at lunch said, wow. This card is something I did not expect to see from Cartoon based on his previous work, and it was just a stunning card. I know there's some controversy into the lettering. Maybe the tattoo inspiration in the back is maybe not as accurate as it could be, but I think as a fan of Ichiro, when you saw that card, you just had to say, wow, because you see the sun coming in, and to me it lights up the card in a way that not many others, many other artists have in this set. And then rounding out the top two here for Cartoon, and this is where I'm gonna be a little biased, but it's because he did such an excellent job with the orange and blue on this card. But his Willie Mays, and you know I've said this before, is my unofficial official mascot card of CRT Sports Cards and of this channel. When I see a card, that orange and that blue works so well together, I'm an automatic fan. And so for anyone who's a fan of UTEP, they will understand my admiration for these colors and why the logo is orange and blue. But for me, on cartoon, very simple. If I had to only own two cards of his, it's going to be Willie Mays and Ichiro. Now moving on to Blake Jameson, one of the most successful artists in the set from a sales perspective, even though his numbers were a little inflated by the fact that he bought so many of his own cards. He did say that he bought 500 of his recent Bob Gibson, and those numbers have been coming down, and still with him purchasing that large of an order, it still kept his print numbers well up there in relation to the average. But when it comes to how many cards Blake sold in the set, from a total perspective, he was the third best selling artist in the set, 163,773 cards were sold of his in the set. So just an astonishing number. And then on a per card average, he sold 8,189 per release in the set. But what are my two favorite cards of his? What are the two cards that I wanna own at the end of the day of Blake Jameson? First up to me, and I think everybody who's a fan of the set has to actually own this card. This is the card that put the set on the map. This is the card that was plastered all over every single magazine or Beckett magazine in the summer months, but it has to be his Mark McGuire. The, the, the blending or the molding of the two cards together from the 85 tops to the 87 tops, I think was done absolutely wonderful. And this is a real marquee card of the set. If Blake Jameson doesn't take the route he did with the Mark McGuire, where does the set sit th today if that card doesn't exist? It's an interesting scenario to think about, but I think that card was an excellent release at the time based on the surge that was happening in the set. And then the second card that I want to own of Blake Jameson, which I do not own at the current time, that I really want to own at the end of the day, has to be his Cal Ripken. And it's for one simple reason. The blue in the background, just like this shirt, brings out Cal Ripken. And I think it's a very, very well done card. But I'm also very aware that my like on Blake Jameson's cards is very different than most in Project 2020. So I'm curious in the comments below, Right now, what are your two favorite Project 2020 cards of Jameson? And number two, do you own both of those cards at the current moment? Now shifting our focus from Blake Jameson 
to Jacob Rochester. And there's one interesting thing about Jacob Rochester. When you look at his overall print run for the set, 98,494, which means he released 20 cards and all of them together. You could own every single card that's been produced and still not have as many Keith Shore, Ken Griffey Juniors, because that card sold at 99,000 plus. So it's an interesting tidbit on Rochester. And then on the average per release, he was at 4,925, which makes him the 15th best artist in the set on a per card average. When you look at Rochester set, and you guys know my affinity for Jacob Rochester in the second half of the set. The first part of my videos, I was really lost and really confused as to really the appeal and the draw in his cards, but no artist in this set had a better closing second half than Jacob Rochester. And that is why one of my two favorite cards of his set is his ninth release in Project 2020. Actually, it's his 10th release. It is his Ichiro. And there are two things I really like about this card. Number one, the look on Ichiro's face I think is very well done. It also kind of gives you a tell as where I'll be going with my second favorite card of Rochester. But number one, it was something I'd missed on many of his cards before. And one thing that he does very, very well, and he puts in a lot of time and energy into nailing the fonts of these cards. I thought the name Ichiro Suzuki and the fonts that he used were just outstanding. And I had just been to Tokyo about a year and a half ago for the opening day series. And that for me was a cultural awakening to see how others live in the world. And that also kind of took me back when I saw Ichiro Suzuki in that font, in that lettering, kind of on the side of a building broadcasting where something is. It took me back to a very, very memorable place. And for that, that is why I like the Ichiro so much. And then my second favorite card of Rochester, and I will say right now, I firmly believe this is my favorite card of his, even though others have grown on me more and more as the year went by, but it has to be his Dom Mattingly. Number one, the purple background. That was a fantastic use of the purple when it comes to Mattingly, but the number one reason I like this card is the look. When you look at Dom Mattingly, he's staring through you. The look of him is just amazing, and I can't even begin to understand how an artist can do that with a piece of artwork, but this is why they're an artist, and this is why I'm talking and not drawing my videos, because he has captured so much emotion in Dom Mattingly, and when he looks at you, he's looking through you. And then, of course, do not lose sight of the font on this card. Again, another strategic win when it came to the font on Don Mattingly. And I will say, I really think when push comes to shove, this Don Mattingly, in my mind, is in the top 10 when it comes to overall best cards in the set. Now taking a look at our fourth artist in this video, we're gonna take a look at King Saladin. One interesting thing about King Saladin is his entire 20 card collection sold just about this much more than Ken Griffey Jr. when it came to Keith Shore. On King Saladin, he sold 100,130 copies. So just sneaking over the 100K mark and on the average perspective, 5,007, which makes him the 14th best artist in the set at just over 5,000. But when you look at his entire run, what are my two favorite cards of his? And I will say, just speaking globally here, there isn't one card here that I think is just amazing. I've not really 
been able to connect with King Saladin's artwork over the course of the year. And I know he has an incredible brand out there with the Money Bear, his companion cards, and he's just an incredibly successful artist. I just unfortunately have not been able to connect with his artwork. So picking two here was a little more difficult, but, but if it comes down to it, number one, I do want to own that Tony Gwynn. And I think it's because of the atmosphere around the card. Look, the base Tony Gwynn card is really boring. I mean, we're watching him run. What do we know Tony Gwynn for? Making a hit, getting on base. So yes, it's kind of in spirit of, of, his, of his career and what we know him for, but it is kind of a weird looking card. But I think when it comes to the palm trees, the, the sunset on the beach, I think it was a very, very well done Tony Gwynn. But then when it comes to my second favorite card of King Saladin, and I went back and forth here on two different cards, I wanted to pick the Mark McGuire. I think he did a really, really good job with that card, changing it from what it was to what it is now. But at the end of the day, I went with the Jackie Robinson for a couple of different reasons, but the main one being the slogan on the front. What do we know Jackie Robinson for? Breaking all barriers. He basically changed the game of baseball to what we know it as today. So when you have the fire in the background sort of burning down what was before him and now creating something even better, the baseball bat breaking in the background, I thought it was a really, really nice interpretation of the Jackie Robinson card, keeping in spirit of the red background of his actual rookie card. But then when we take a look at an interpretation of King Saladin, I think it's a really, really nice change to the card overall. And then rounding out today's video, when it comes to number nine and number 10 of my top 40 in Project 2020, we're gonna dive into Fuchi. And there's a couple of interesting characteristics, of course, when it comes to a Fuchi card. But number one, his cards are designed this way, with no face because he wants anonymity. And how do you get anonymity? You do not show your face. And he did get very close there with his home improvement Nolan Ryan card, but we did not make it all the way by seeing Nolan Ryan's face, but we were very close to having Wilson on the show when it came to that card. But also, because Fuchi's cards do not have a face, you're forced to do one thing. You're forced to look past the player and see what's in the background of the player. And some of Fuji's cards have had some of the most interesting backgrounds. You look at the Tony Gwynn with the Coronado Bridge. You look at George Brett with the Chupacabra, I think. And then you have the Mushroom Ichiro. There's so many weird things going on in his cards. You have to really look past the player to really, um, to really sort of enjoy his cards. But when it comes to my two favorite cards in Project 2020, number one has to be King of the Hill. It has to be that Sandy Koufax. And I don't know why to this day I see King of the Hill in this card, but maybe it's because I'm from Texas and I'm such a huge fan of that show. But the moment I saw that card, it was King of the Hill, Hank Hill, talking about stakes, talking about propane. So I think it's just an excellent card in the set. And I almost forgot to recap the total card sold of Fuchi and where he ranked in the set. But when you look at Fuchi overall in Project 2020, he sold 93,074 cards, which means 6,000 less when you look at all of his 20 cards compared to one Griffey Shore. And then on the average basis, he sold 4,654 per release, which makes him the 17th best artist in the set. When you take a look at all of his cards, what is my second favorite card? And this actually was his second release in the set. And here again, it's because of the background. Yes, 
It is of Ted Williams. Yes, I'm a Ted Williams collector, but it's because of the background, the skyscrapers, thinking of being in downtown Boston, which I never have been to, but being in like downtown, downtown New York, seeing the skyscrapers and just in that environment, you know, living in Seattle, I have a real affinity for downtown areas. And I just really, really like this Ted Williams because of the background. I am curious though, now that we've recapped to Blake Jameson, King Saladin, Cartoon, Fucci, Jacob Rochester, did we have similar likes of their cards? Or is your list, when you look at a top two, very different than mine? Leave a comment below. Let me know your favorite cards. I'd love to hear what the fans of Project 2020 think are the best cards in the set. With that, I hope you have a fantastic weekend. And I'll see you back in a couple of days for the next recap video where I take a look at the next five artists and pick their top two cards in the set.